Amen. If you have your Bibles, could you start, turn to Psalms chapter 27, and we'll re begin to read there. Yeah, I just need a moment of technical support here. A sister in the church was so... <coughs> So wonderful to donate a new iPad for me. That, and so uh, I just need the moment here that it doesn't shut off on me all the time. Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles to Psalms chapter 27. And we're going to read this scripture, verse 1 through 3. We know the prophet of God preached a message, you know, the rapture on this message. But we want to go just a little different direction. So we're going to read... Psalms 27, verses 1 through 3. I've got a major echo here, brothers, I need support with. Can't do anything about it? Okay. Here we go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Can you say that with the depths of your soul tonight? Who... Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war shall rise against me. In this will I be confident. Amen. What are we confident in tonight? The Word of God, Amen. which is Christ. Amen. The Lord bless the reading of His Word. We, we can have our seats tonight. When I think tonight about the Lord being our light, we have that eternal light living on this inside of each and every one of us. And I, I don't think we should ever get tired about speaking about that life of God, that Holy Ghost, that life living on the inside of a believer. And I just want to challenge right off the top, if you don't have that light of salvation within your heart tonight, I... At, by the end of the service, I trust that you will have reached out and touched the Lord and asked Him to come and, and fill you with His life. For He is our salvation, this message that we believe. And we're going to speak once again on the spirit of Elijah. This, this anointing, this message that has come in this hour has brought salvation unto us. And we can see that God is instilling us within us a a position not to fear. This message, the message of Malachi 4 that came through Brother Branham has spoken to a bride that we don't need to fear for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And 
Brother Branham, through his ministry, would demonstrate over and over and over God's anointing, God's presence, God's healing, God's wisdom, God's anointing to a bride to an age that would woo her and call her to be his anointed bride. And we notice that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against one another. But we're fighting against principalities and powers. Outside in our communities, in our walks of life, there are individual people, there are life lumps of flesh. But there's an anointing that's a, a spirit that is affecting each and every one of them. Just the same with you and I. There's an anointing that is, that's hovering over. It's the Holy Ghost inside of us. The same out there in that world, outside of these doors in our natural lives, people are yielding to the wicked one. And that wicked one is that enemy that comes against us all like a mighty flood. There is none of us here today that's immune from Satan's darts. Satan desires to kill and destroy. Lord Jesus says, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Last Wednesday, we, we were preaching on the, and reflecting on the spirit of Elijah. And the spirit of Elijah was noted as we spoke about it, and you've done your own research, and you have done your own studies, your Bible studies. The spirit of Elijah was noted in its boldness. The spirit of Elijah had grit to it, and it was manifest of God. Adam's lips would be manifested in this day, today, amongst the bride of Jesus Christ. Adam, in the cool of the evening, began to have that pure fellowship with God. Adam had that, that experience be, to be able to have that lip-to-ear talk with God, that whatever Adam said, he carried that dominion over the earth, that whatever he said, God backed behind it. And God desires that we come to that place that we have that invisible union once again with Christ Jesus. That him and I are, are tied together. You and I, him are so tied together that when you speak, it's him speaking. See, we need to pull away our folly. We need to put away our, our, our false communications. We need to put away our jestings and our, and our negative communications and remind ourselves that God's very own life is living on the inside. Can you get a testimony tonight? The light of God on the inside of you. The light of his salvation so that you would not have to fear or worry. For when you speak, it is him speaking. Brother Branham would say this in the invisible union of the bride. He would say, oh, that spiritual union of Christ and his church now, when the flesh is becoming word, and the word is becoming flesh. Can you see yourself identified in that? The word becoming flesh, manifested, vindicated. I want to say the word of God manifested inside of your life. 
Christ manifested in you. Christ vindicated in you. When people see you, they see something different upon this, this earth. Just what the Bible said would happen in this day. It's happening day by day. It's happening. You see, it's in that secret place. We want to get into that secret place with Christ. It's in that secret place where, where life comes forth. It's in that, in that union place where Christ Jesus, just, just you and him, where life begins to, to be birthed from the very being of your flesh. Brother Branham would say in 1960, God providing, provided approach to divine fellowship. He would said, what we need is a relationship again. With who? God. With God. Till men are acting to die out to themselves in the secret chamber of God. Until new life is produced. Until they become a new creature. It wasn't all. just. It wasn't uh, a new creation. Now, it wasn't just all in the wind or the earthquake. But it was in a secret place. With Almighty God. Back into relationship. Back into the chamber of God. Where new life can be produced. Can we, can we see ourselves on a day by day basis getting into God's presence? Can it not be that we, you know, uh, attend God's uh, needs and God's desires before we come to the Wednesday or Sunday service? Can it be a place of communion day by day, just you and Christ Jesus? Yes. Oh, we have to get into that place where we're not just searching for a wind. Yeah. Or we're searching just for an earthquake or some sort of fire. But we're willing to stop and listen and concentrate and hear the voice of God in such a stillness, in a humbleness, a still small voice. Yeah. Brother Branham would say here, in, the, in this year, the end time, sir, he, he would begin to talk to us. as the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, but the person of Christ performing in you the same works that he did. These are quotations from the prophet. They're not isolated. Through these quotations, Brother Branham is encouraging the people to get into Christ. And not look just for the wind and the earthquake and the fire. But not just look for some sort of sensation. Allow the Holy Ghost to permeate your being that without the sensation, without the noise, you still can have be still. And know that He is God. That He's still working in you. That He's still performing you the same works that He did. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to wait. Wait for it, we would say. Just wait for it. Tarry ye there. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for the voice of God to speak to us personally. Listen, the noise, the fuzz, the radio fuzz, the thing that goes on, it interrupts the voice of God. Let's listen. Let's be expecting, let's be on the edge of our seat, so to say, to say, Lord, I, I'm here to listen. Lord, uh, what would you say? What would you have me do? What would you have say to me? What can you reveal to me today? Yes. 
In 54, God's preparation. We see that way back down in a corner, about a city block away, was an old blind woman. Now, I, he's speaking about Anna and Simeon, so you know the reference. Way back down in the corner, about a city block away, was an old blind woman sitting there. Her name was Anna. She was a prophetess filled with the power of God. She was sitting there, and, and being she never left the temple, they never gave her something to eat, and she, and she stayed there and prayed for the people. And as they passed by, Anna would pray and say, Lord, ble Lord, bless you and comfort you. And she would say, some dare they'll. Oh, although I'm blind, but through this blindness, I see a lovely one coming. I want you to notice here because I, I believe that anointing on Anna is upon us, the bride of Christ. That waiting, that feeding in his temple daily, looking for his presence to come, look, looking for Christ to come into view within a sight of our lives, waiting for him to pass by, pass me not, O oh gentle Savior. Hear my voice cry tonight. And here he passes by, and she's in her service, and she says, oh, although I'm blind, but through this blindness I, I see a lovely one coming. Oh, my she had better eyes than most of you all got. Sit up there this day. I see the lovely one coming. And I hear her testifying to someone. Just then the Holy Ghost said, Anna, stand up. He's in the temple. Can you, can you feel the presence of God? He's in the house. He's in the house even here tonight. When you walked in the building under expectation, we knew that he would come in the house. And I, I can hear her testify to someone just then. The Holy Ghost said, Anna, stand up. He's in the temple. Where is he, Lord? She heard that still, small voice speaking to her heart. She rised up. And here come that old blind woman going right around through the people, bumping into one and then to the other. What's the matter? The Holy Ghost was the deep calling to the deep to see him. Oh, friends, can you see him? Can you know him by the word tonight? Brother Brandon would say again, oh, how much more will he rise up, uh, rise you up through your body? He blowed from the, from the east to west, and by the wind, how much more can this Holy Spirit after the a total annihilation by its atomic bombs that's going to drop on this earth one of these days, blowing holes and sending out through, uh, her out through, through the space. But the calcium and potash will still remain here. And then the Holy Spirit brewed again. Every bone will go to bone, every limb to limb. And there will be a church of the living God stand up in the last days. Friends, I, I want to tell you, it, the church of God is not just a movement. It's not a people. It's a community. It's those that wait upon the Lord. Those that stay in for strength, friends. And God stands up in these last days, friends, only by the brooding or the cooing of the Holy Spirit. Can you ever do it? Will God ever promise to rise you up as you listen to his voice? 
that still, small voice that speaks in the depths of your soul. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Even though the bombs may drop, even more that the sexuality of this world is turning towards Sodom, whom shall I be afraid? Where shall my confidence come from? It comes from Almighty God because He has been cooing me. He's been fellowshipping me with me. In the cool of the evening, we've been speaking together. I have no fear, for he is with me, for his rod and his staff is comforting me. He's providing a table before me in the presence of all the demonic powers and the enemies that are before us. But what we need to do is stop and tarry, wait and listen for the still small voice of God to speak to us today you know in our, in our Bible study this week and we were listening and and then we were encouraged to to look and, and, and do some preparation for next week and so we've listened and we've thought and we ponder over the message my brother Branham's message of my new ministry and it burnt in my heart as I was preparing already for the service but it began to burn in my heart this, this message that we listened to. Because what I heard in the message as Brother Branham is preaching to us is a mankind or human life being restored back into sonship. See, that still small voice is speaking and that still small voice is challenging and it desires us to pick up the new ministry that was brought. And mankind, as Brother Branham is speaking about his present new ministry, you know, he's speaking of how, you know, how a man is coming into sonship once again, once again with God. You know, in the first church age, now we're in the last church age, amen? In the first church age, Peter spoke up and he showed forth a spirit of sonship. When he passed the gate, beautiful. And he said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Now, many of us haven't listened to that message yet, uh, the, the, my new ministry, but I, I'm going to give you thoughts and, and, and experts of Bro Brother Branham has been talking about in that message. And in that message, he's talking about sonship, an adopted son and daughter of God who, who needs to be able to speak the word when the Spirit of God moves and moves upon his life to be coo upon him to say, speak the word. And when you speak the word, something's got to happen. And so the first church age, here we got Peter, that, that, that as that... That Holy Spirit, God's presence, that, 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 that life, that, that anointing upon him, and he stands there. This is the same anointing that we need to have. This is the faith of the fathers. And he's anointed to say, look, I don't have anything. I don't have silver. I don't have gold. I don't have any abilities. But what I'm going to give to you is all I got, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. And in that name you should rise up in the wall. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. But Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, as the dark ages begin to come upon the church after the first church, and you know, and, and the church went into its its troubles and its darknesses, and 
All of a sudden, gross darkness begin to fall upon the church. And we see that they begin to lose this fellowship with God. There, there was a, a, a break. There, there, there was a, a gap between man and God. Again, it was, there was no fellowship between man and God. They've lost the connection. They stopped listening to the still, small voice. And I want you to note for just a second, as message believers, they begin to listen to outside voices. They begin to listen and adhere to the voices of the Nicolaitans. In the Ephesian church, Brother Brother would say, Now, Paul's wolves had come, had become Nicolaitan. They were trying to form a priesthood like the Levitical priesthood, which was foreign to the New Testament doctrine. The word Nico. The Greek word nikol means to conquer, overcome. Overcome what? The laity, the Holy Spirit. Take out of the church the resurrected Lord Jesus with signs and wonders amongst the believers and put men voted in to be a pope or a cardinal or an overseer trying to take the Holy Ghost away from the laity and give it to the order called the Holy Order of Men. Placing them over the laity, not to call them pastors, which means shepherds, but, but father, which Jesus says, don't you call no man father on this earth. See the evil thing, what did they do? They begin to listen to the voice of the enemy who once again begin to pervert. You see, Eve began to listen to a perverted word, a perverted voice, and she threw her, us all and her all into chaos and even unto death. Brother Brandon was saying in the Ephesian church again, he said, the Nicolaitan brings in a bunch of men to twist up the scriptures and make it a denomination that can't let God move in it. We're strangling the life source. The very thing that gives us liberty, the very thing that gives us light, life is that light of the gospel, the light of our salvation. And men are trying to choke it out in order to run their own systems and their own ways and their own doctrines. Now the first church, this, the bitterness started creeping in. The second church a little more. And finally, it creeped right in because they were making a better church. They thought they were. Right here, they had something to de de uh, define. The great Roman, Roman people could come in. They desired to have a pope, somebody that would stand between them and God. They desired to elect themselves cardinals and priests. They desired the rich men to come in. They desired all the things of the outside world to be established in what they would call the house of God. And then they took the word of God out of the people's hands. You don't, you don't can't discern this. You can't understand this. And they took the very life source out of the people's hands. And they got so defined that they made a better body. The first thing up there, they had the whole thing 
in a big ecumenical denomination and the Roman Universal Church and the Roman Catholic Church in the Dark Ages. Well then, they had dignitaries and they had classes. Why this great big fine-robed church with all underskirts on and all this other stuff that they wear like that? Sure, it looked dignified. Father, reverend, doctor, father, so-and-so. Oh, my. They could put, they, they could put on some real dog there. <laughs> Don't you like how Brother Branham says that? They could put on some real dog there. But you see, it was hybriding. This is what the world and its, the church and its condition is in. We've been called out of this. We're called into life. We're called to live into the original seed of God's word. What is to be planted in us in that hiding place, in that secret place of God? It's not some hybrid word seed. It is the original life of Jesus Christ that we'll build and become new and bring forth life. But you see, it was a hybrid thing, a hybrid seed. It didn't have any life in it. And they can't go back no more. That's the reason they never rise. Hybrid corn don't have life in it. It is just uh, uh, sapped out. Now we get that in the dark ages. What little you have, hold on to it, he said. They had squeezed it out. Now, but it won't reproduce itself again. So they're squeezing and they're squeezing. I want to tell you today, if we're not careful, that thing will come right into the message. Yeah, yeah, right. That Nicolaitan spirit will move right in the message. Yeah. Or where, where the rich will rule the, pulpit, the pulpits and, and men will call themselves generals and they will make themselves great men, untouchables. Listen, I, I'm not hitting any persons. I'm just telling what the Nicolaitan spirit is like. And they begin to form our foreign no more and begin to raise themselves up something out. And then they don't even realize it, that they're quenching the very life of God. God desires liberty. He desires room to move in people's lives. You know, the body of Jesus Christ is not an organization. It will never denominate it. This word will never denominate it. He will stay in its original condition. But we see that there was a, the locust and the canker worm and the caterpillar, the pulmower, that had come in through the church ages and they begin to chew and eat out the life and, and, and ate the, the leaves and, and all the fruit and all the bark and begin to eat this tree right down to a stump. But we're promised in this last day. We're promised for restoration. These bugs have eaten the fruits and the barks and the leaves. They have done destructive work. But these bugs are not in a place of rulership. God has come and he said, I will restore. Now, these bugs, these great army, as the Lord would say, my great army, these bugs... They, they identify plagues and destruction. You will notice in Exodus chapter 10, verse 12, the, the locusts would come upon the land of Egypt 
and they would eat every herb, every part of the land. They would just destroy. You know, they, they just come in like a flood. And they just begin to eat and destroy. And so throughout the churches, these little evil ones, they have come forth and they begin to propagate and bring forth propaganda, even to the fact that people almost feel like there is no more God. Such a feeling of, 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 of failure, such a feeling like, like, where is the living God? You know, even now, the bride tree faces these flocks of bugs at some point. I want you to notice that this bride tree is facing these critters, these demon powers, with false doctrines on a continual basis. <laughs> But there's a people of God that have been vaccinated. There's a people of God. Now, we're not talking about natural vaccination. We're talking about the Holy Spirit coming in. Listen, there's no human vaccination that can take care of every problem. If you're sick, call the elders of the church and let's anoint you with oil. We've had enough falseness of the enemy talking to the people and destructing their minds and keeping them out of church. If you're sick, come into the house of God. Don't bring your mask with you. Have some faith in God to know that he's going to be your healer and your provider. That, that was for free, as most preachers say. And so the bride tree, us the bride, we face doctrines all the time that come against us. Doctrines that, of deity doctrines where Brother Branham is Christ or return ministry, a tent vision or something about an eighth messenger or push, all you need to do is push, play, and obey. Oh, it gets quiet because nobody likes to talk about these locusts that come amongst trying to destroy God's people, trying to eat the little leaves off the tree. Now, we are that know the Word of God and are established in the truth of God. We take a look at the Word of God. We look at the doctrine that's coming up, and we compare the two. And if they don't compare, we say it's a false doctrine, and we put it in the garbage can. But you see, there's folks out there that have just come to Christ. Maybe they haven't gone all the way with the Lord Jesus. Maybe they haven't established that fellowship like you or I may have established. And they hear these things and the locusts come in there and begin to eat the joy, the fruit off the tree. Begin to eat the leaves off the tree. Begin to, to separate one another and cause brothers to say, I'm against this one or against that one. Or you can't come to our church or our functions. If you go to that church, you don't belong anywhere. Brother Branham wasn't like that. What did Brother Branham say? You draw me out, I'll draw you back in. Now we quote that so lovely, and in fact when we travel all over the world, it's easy for us to quote that and say, how come you're not fellowshipping with your brothers? But when we're in our hometown, and there's a brother down the street that has got a church, and he won't draw you in the circle, I want to tell you something, there's something wrong there. I'm not against anybody. I'm just pointing to the Word of God. There's something wrong there because it's the attitude, it's the spirit of an inoculated system. There's a people that wants to take the blood off the mercy seat. There's no more blood. Well, friends, we still have children. We still have families. We still have somebody that needs to come to the Lord. And the blood has never lost its power. Brother Branham says it acts like a bumper that's around the earth. And when God sees red through red, what he says, he sees a white. We sees us as a redeemed people. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. But there is coming a time 
When the bride of Christ will be lifted off the earth and that blood that's on the mercy seats of the heart of the believer will be lifted off the earth and there will be a time where there will be no more safety. There will be no more mercy. But while there is mercy, friends, let's not look to be the lion. Let's look to the lamb. Behold, what did John see? He saw a lamb. If the lion comes forth, that's judgment. We want our friends to be saved. There's many times that people get saturated with sensationalism. They get all in the movement of sensationalism, begin to talk about how, how their meeting was, and it was full of screaming and full of joy, and, oh, and what can we do today, and how much joy can we have today when God is saying, look, I'm not in all of that sensationalism. I'm in the Word. I'm, I'm in that place of safety. So these influences, they're influences. Are, are you with me tonight? Those influences begin to spread like plagues. Okay, it's not just a one-off. Locusts come in droves, in, 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 in plagues. And they, they, their purpose like in the land of Egypt is to eat everything, to destroy everything. And these locusts, even caterpillars and palmworms, these, these great this army, they, they're, they're, they come in all the great uh, droves of armies, and they come as demon spirits. They're little terrorists. Where's Brother Andy? Brother Andy knows all about these things in the natural. But you know something? You get one little guy in there, and he gets into a church, and he gets fellowship with a bunch of people, and he's got an evil spirit amongst them. He begins to, to speak and, and call discord, and before you know it, you know he's willing to pull the cord on his own life and make an explosion to destroy a church. These, these little terrorists, they don't have guns, they don't have bombs, but they have twisted words. Twisted words. You know, someone once said, you can kill a leader, but you can never kill his ideas. So when the enemy comes in like a, like a little terrorist amongst the people, Bill begins to chew away and shoot away, invites more demons. Before you know it, you have a legion on your hands. You know, in the book of Revelation, it symbolizes, it symbolizes the locusts. We read here, are you still interested tonight? We hear, read here, and the fifth angel sounded, and I, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. Verse 3, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and, to, and unto them was given power as the scorpions and the power, uh, earth, uh, scorpions of the earth have power. I'm glad you all can read better than me. I want you to notice there come out of the smoke locusts, religious demonology with hatred of Israel in the natural. This is under the fifth seal. They had a hatred under, against Israel and the natural. 
It had beliefs and ideas and doctrines that influenced the masses. Because upon the earth and unto them was given power as scorpions. Scorpions who sting, torture, and paralyze. I want you to notice that the smoke that we see, it hides the sunlight. And the denominational doctrines, they change the Bible words. They twist them and they teach unscriptural words like Trinity. It causes a blur. It causes a smoke. It causes the, the, uh, the light to be obscured. And the light is the light of God's word. And the sting of the scorpion fills them with poisonous doctrines. It just moves and it just destroys as it goes. Revelation chapter 9 verse 4. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. Neither the green things, neither any tree. And here we notice that these locusts, they don't eat the food like real natural locusts. These are demons these are spiritual beings that are supernatural that come to destroy you and it took the grit of men and women under anointing to stand up in a generation of darkness a place of where dark uh, doctrines of devils were coming against the people like smoke and, and hiding the light of God's word. And there's a lukewarmness amongst the people even now. What is it? It's spiritual darkness. It's spiritual demons. It's spiritual devils coming against the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine? Imagine with me just for a moment. What it took to stand and preach to a Pentecostal people of Brother Branham's day and express God's mind. They were building a denomination. There were a million more in 44. They, they were trying to build great economies, schools and, and hospitals. And the prophet of God would come and express the mind of God regarding immoral living. Bobbed hair, painted face Jezebels, loose living amongst men. Can you imagine the grit it would take? You know, today, today in 2023, mostly our preaching, men of God, fivefold ministry, we preach the gospel and we say what the prophet says. Our job is to stay with the Word. Our job is not just to find Scriptures and try to compare with Scriptures and try to do this and try to do that outside the framework of the message. So we say what the prophet says. We stay with what the prophet says. And still, it's hard to get up and read the quotes and stand uncompromised in this day. You don't know how hard it is, my friends, to stand here and have God put pressure upon your life and you can see everything. You can then see how the church and the, what's coming into the church and immoral living and the painted toenails and the French nails and all these kind of things that we're not supposed to talk about. 
Come on, somebody say amen. You like it when we preach, don't drink, don't smoke, don't defile your body in any way. Don't you like that? Because none of us do it. But once we get into the position where now we're quoting the prophet's words to you and telling how do you live, all of a sudden it becomes the hardest thing to do. Why? Because we're putting our own natures, our own spirits in front of the Spirit of God. Come on, friends. I, I, I know. I, this is all I can preach. It was humanly difficult for the prophet to preach the Godhead. It was humanly difficult to stand up and say, uh, talk about serpent seed. To stand and say why we're not a denomination. To speak about marriage and divorce. Begin to speak messages like seed not air with the shock. And waters of separation and come out of her my people. It was difficult. Now we sit in message churches and we're preaching to message people. And it's, you know, it's easier to tell, hey, come out of her, my people. We're not, well, you know, we haven't been part of a denominational system for, I, 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 never, I mean, I'm 46 years old. I, I was born in the message. We, we've been out of her, my people, for so long. <laughs> but I want to tell you there was an inspiration of devils and still is inspiration of devils. And the only way that the prophet of God could speak these words was under anointing, under a spirit of Elijah anointing. I want to take the stress. I said a few things that pinched just a little bit. So let's take a deep breath. It's a stress relief, relief moment. That you could be of good courage. Because the people who believe the truth are not influenced by demonic forces. I'm talking about you. A false seed cannot be planted into the womb of your being. Into your spiritual womb. A false seed cannot be planted because your womb is already sealed up with the original life. And you're sealed unto the day of your redemption. You have eternal security with God. You're secure in Christ. Doesn't that make you breathe just a little? But we still have to fight. Satan is not yet cast into the lake of fire. You see, the only way Satan knows that you're not an you know, active game or you're not a target or, or you're his is by the way you use the word of God. And you say, well, how is that? Well, let me tell you. Jesus, he was born. He was, he was raised. He came to the place of maturity. He was baptized by John. And then he was tempted by the devil. And all this time, Satan knew there was one coming. He killed the little children. He watched Jesus' life, but he still did not know whether or not that was the real one that was coming to be the Messiah. He, he was special, but there had been others that were special. And so at the temptation, he was taken up to the mountain. He was tempted in every way. And Jesus, what does he do? He uses the word of God to defeat the enemy. 
He doesn't use sensationalism. He doesn't use any sort of miracle power. He uses the word of God. So the only way Satan knows that he does not have you is as you use the word and the word is spoken and it produces what the word is supposed to reproduce. <laughs> so we are aware now that there's these spiritual locusts upon the earth. Revelations chapter 9, verse 7. And the shape of these locusts were unto horses. Now, horses represent the power of the man made systems that propagate ideas and doctrines. They were prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns of gold. These locusts, these demons, are thus that are crowned uh, with king's crowns and the kings of the people. These, these, these demons that are crowned, they're leaders amongst the people. They're religious leaders. They're political leaders. You know, I know that we're going to come soon to a time of a, of election. I, can you believe it? I even got a voter's card because I, you know, I have a visa to be here. And I know every man should put down his mark and vote. But I want you to notice our focus should not be in politics. Our mindset should not be listening to every moment of the news of What's going to happen? Who's going to win? These are, these are demon forces upon a nation. Every nation has demonic powers. Brother Branham tells us every country has a spirit. And you, you know, Finland has a spirit. U.S., Brother Branham says, the greatest country in all the world, but it has a go lucky, jokey spirit. Every, every nation has its spirits. And now the borders have been dropped in the atmospheres and the devils are moving back and forth. We can see it. We can see the influences. We can see the Buddhist re, uh, influences. We, we, we can see all the Indian things coming and the African things that are coming in. Well, you see it with these ladies now, you know, I mean, for a long time already wearing toe rings. Where did that come from? Or earrings on the nose or a uh, hundred earrings in the ears or their, ear, their great big holes in their ears like that. It came from the spirits from other nations. And so it comes through these leaders. It comes through cultural leaders. It comes through people that are led by the demon forces and scripture continue and their face Whereas faces of men, man-made systems, enforced by men. Revelations 9, 8, it says, and their hair as the hair of women. The woman represents the churches. The man-made systems are in the churches. Do you want a man-made system? Do you want a, 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 a man's theology, a man's doctrine, what a man says, what a, how think a man can put the knowledge together? We don't want this. We want the Spirit of God to lead the people of God. And their teeth were the teeth of lions, ready to devour and destroy. The teeth of lions in Daniel's day. Daniel was praying, oh God, he just, oh God, you got to save me when he was in the lion's den. Why? Because the lion's teeth were there to destroy. The, moder, the, the, uh, the, the uh, martyrs 
that came through the generations that were fed to the lions were destroyed by the teeth of the lions. So their teeth were like lion's teeth to destroy, to devour and destroy, verse 9. And their breastplate, breastplate, as it were breastplates of iron. Iron means oppression. And the brutality of ancient Rome empire will rise again to enforce the obedience to a world system. We're seeing it here today. When the World Council of Churches, it's a little more soft, it's a little more benign, it's a little more calling. They're bringing the, 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 the spirit of music into all churches, calling it all unity, come all young people to one site, worship together. What is it? It's that oppression, an iron system, the, the Roman Empire. Don't fear communism. Didn't we hear Prophet Brother Branham said, don't fear communism. Look, it's that Roman curtain. It's that, it's that Romanism. And the threat to our scripture and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots. A strong worldwide system. And many horses running to battle. Verse 10, and, and they had tails like unto scorpions. And their, and their sting in their tails and their power was to hurt men Five months. Now, the tail is not just that tail of, you know, that tail of a stinger, but it's, uh, 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 but it's the tail of a story. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you how it all happened. And we rock one another to sleep with a tail. A tale, a, a story, even keeping the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just as a story. Many never reflecting as inspirational truths of God, but just a tale, something to talk about. And the sting of the story gets you to believe in error. You see, friends, even in this message, people can spin the quotes of Brother Branham in such a place that it tells a tale. It will tell you that there's two souls. It will tell you that the, the, name the doctrine that we spoke about just a moment ago. I don't want to infuriate anyone, but they are tales. And the enemy will get the people into believing this story, and the sting of these tales will bring death, certain death, upon your doorstep. It's essential to close your ear. It's essential to have that faith in your heart. Because, you know, to the believer, a real genuine believer, there's no sting involved with the enemy. Because we say, oh, death, where is your sting? Because <laughs> I said moments ago, we've been vaccinated. Yes, there is nothing that can harm you. Amen. <laughs> You've been vaccinated. You can't believe this lie. There is nothing you can, Satan wants to give you the tail, but a true believer, there is nothing Satan can do. Because there is no sting. You have been vaccinated. We could go on with that scripture knowing to see that they put popes in place. And they, they had kings and the ones that wear a crown. And we see that there was a first pope that came in 860 A.D. And over them, which is an angel, a messenger of the bottomless plate, whose name in the Hebrew tongue was Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue was name of Apollon. These mean destroyer, they destroy the truth. <laughs> but do not fear. Do not fear. <laughs> do not fear. Why? Because we have been sent 
a locust destroyer. Remember, remember John the Baptist? He, he went feeding on, lo, uh, 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 on, lo, on honey and locusts. Remember, he ate that which was sweet and gave strength to his bones and good to his belly. This is the believer. Eats the word of God and it's sweet to his mouth, but a little be- bitter to his belly, but it's causing him overcoming power. But we've been sent this one that also destroys locusts. For it's promised in Joel 2.25, I will restore the years the locust hath eaten and the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the palmer, my great army which I sent among you. In the restoration of the bride tree, Brother Branham says, I will restore, saith the Lord. I will send forth the evening light. It'll bring back, bring back the word, making it manifest. I will restore all that was promised. All that I promised, the same Holy Spirit will bring. Bear the same signs. I have an Easter resurrection for the bride, just the same as I had for the bridegroom. See, evening lights come out to shine, same as the morning, same signs, same things. The same light will produce the same fruit that they had there. It is shining on the same tree. Amen. Proves his word now fulfilled. I will restore, saith the Lord. I want you to notice that restoration... It began with signs and wonders. I won't be too much longer if you just let me finish my thought. Restoration began with signs and wonders to bring an attention, attraction to attention. What is the attraction on the mountain? It brought people's attention. But the bride tree back in its maturity is reproducing the fruit again. We are reproducing Christ Jesus in this hour. Now I want you to notice in Brother Branham's message my new ministry the scripture that he opens with is the fig tree that jesus cursed why did he curse it because there was no fruit upon the fig tree there was nothing coming out of that fig tree and so jesus curses that tree why because it's showing us that if we're back into the maturity as a bride tree we need to be acting we need to be focusing we need to be displaying manifesting the same thing that jesus brought forth the same fruit. Now we've seen the attraction on the mountain. We've seen the signs and the wonders. But the real, the real ministry that came in our hour was to restore the word. To restore the people back into sonship again. To show you who you were. It wasn't so that you could just be healed and you could have some joy. No, it was to show you that you are the manifested word that as Brother John preached on Sunday, that she is him. It's a ministry. And Brother Brandon was the first of his brethren in this age to use the spoken word. He was the first of many to return back to the faith of the fathers. Remember Peter in his first church age? Before the darkness, before the Nicolaitan spirit got in, before there was a gap, Peter stood up as one, of the, as one of the forefathers, and he said, silver and gold have I none. He used the spoken word. And here, Brother Branham, he's acting in sonship again. He says, little fish, I give you back my life. That's in the message that we read, the new ministry. 
It's Brother Branham speaking. Something comes in his heart, speak the word. And it comes forth out of it. He says, little fish, I give you back your life. Then he's hunting in the wilderness. And all of a sudden, they couldn't find any squirrels. You know the story. And it comes to the place, speak the word, and squirrels will appear. And he begins by the spoken word of God to speak the squirrels. And what happens? They came about. Sometime later, they're in the cottage. And, you know, their sister Hattie writes, cottage. They're sitting all together and they're having a mess of squirrels, Brother Brandon would say. They're just enjoying themselves and they're enjoying themselves telling about what God has done. And then she hears the word of God being spoken. Now, I want you to identify with Hattie Wright. This, the back, the spine of the devil has been broken. He's exposed. His locust spirit has been exposed. We see him. He's no longer a threat to us because we have the light of salvation on inside of us. And the works of God are moving forward through us. But now we must display the sonship. So here is Hattie in the room. And she hears the word of God being spoken through the voice of the prophet. A voice within the voice declaring what God had done. We see a little sister. Now, she wasn't any more special than any one of you in the room. We, we, listen, we don't have to make her a superstar. She's just a little woman that was in the back in some little trailer someplace. And Brother Branham loved to eat the squirrel that she cooked. And she sat there together, all of them friends together, hearing the word of God. And something stirred within her heart. And she said, just like you and I say as we hear the preaching of the word, that is nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. Brother Branham says, oh, that, that presence of God, you know how he's expressed it, came in and began to deal in his heart and said, give Hattie whatever she desires. Now the prophet of God says to Hattie, now, Hattie, God has told me to tell you, you can have whatever you desire. The word of the prophet is coming to the individual. You can have what you desire. I hear over and over on the tapes and the books that we read, if you believe, all things are possible. You can have whatever you desire. Today, if you're sick in your body, you can have it. Amen. If there's something going on in your finances, you can have it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hattie, what is your desire? And Hattie's quiet for a moment. She doesn't even know what to ask. Brother Brown says, you can ask anything. And she says these words, I want the lives or the, the, my two boys to be saved. I want you to notice Hattie had to speak the word. Brother Branham couldn't say, oh, I'll speak the word for you. No, Hattie had to believe. Come on, I'm talking about you now. She had to use, hear the prophet's voice. She had to think of her desire, and she had to speak. And when she spoke, it began to come and happen. What happened? Her two boys came in and gave their lives unto God. <laughs> Ask anything in my name. That's the word of the Lord to us. That's the words of Jesus. Ask anything in my name, and I shall do it. You shall have. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Yes, Brother Branham, he describes his new ministry, but really he's describing a bride's ministry. He's describing a, a something from Scripture that needs to be fulfilled. And Elijah ministry must drop the mantle to an Elisha ministry. 
We need to have a bride's ministry where we begin to open up our mouths. The tree has been restored. Everything's in its place. The mysteries are revealed. Everything's dropped down into your heart. Now you need to take up the mantle, place it upon your life, ask what you wish, say what you have in the name of Jesus, and it shall come forth. Elijah took that garment and said, where is the God of Elijah? And smoked the sea. And what happened? The, exactly what he said had to come forth. <laughs> I want you also to know, notice Elisha. He did wrong and he called three, uh, two she-beers. He should never have done it. But whatever he spoke came to pass. I want you to see in your life, in your, in your little design, God has a ministry for you. What you need to do is receive the word, the light of salvation, have no fear, step into the ministry God has called you, and begin to speak. Nothing can stand in your way. You got a bump, you got a tumor, you got some life story that's not a, of the God, you got to speak. And God has made that promise, whatever you speak will come to pass. This is the spoken word that God's desired. This is the ministry. We're not just sitting under Brother Branham's ministry. Now we're seeing the bride in made in plain view. The bride, the Lamb's wife is speaking. She's got the authority. <laughs> Sisters, you got the authority of your home. Your young person brings in a spirit into your house. You can cast that thing in the name of Jesus. Satan, you leave the premises. Husbands, your husbands of their homes. You see something going on with the family. Friends, it's time to take our position. It's time to take our authority upon the word of God. We either believe it or we don't believe it. Let's not be halfway Christians anymore. One way in, believe that Christ, the anointing Christ, is inside of you. The living life of God, the supernatural God, is in your being. I don't know if I can bring it to more to your attention because we reason. Our conscience brings back the things that we failed. Your body is sinful. Your body does not want to live for God. You need the man in the control tower to take control of you. And so all that your guilt and your complexes are gone, that you can stand there and look the at the problem, the Goliath in its faith, and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, get back under the authority of the word as a child of God. If Hattie can have his two, her two sons, you can have anything that you want in Jesus Christ's name. Heavenly Father, this is your word. This is by which we stand. It's by which we are called. Father, I pray, oh God, that faith would arise. I, this is not a time to get distracted by the things of the world. It's not a time to lose our focus. It's time to focus upon Jesus Christ. It's time to look to see who's living on the inside. And Lord, as I challenge those that don't have the Holy Ghost, if Christ is not living in them, may they come, Lord, and may they never cease crying and calling out to you until they know that they know that the literal life of God, the light of the gospel is living, the light of salvation is on the inside of them. Oh, God, when we know that we know, Father, the enemy will fall to the right, to the left. Oh, and all these things, Lord, that we preach, the signs and wonders, those things will follow them that believe because she is him and she has that nature and she's in that secret place, that holy space with you. We give you praise in Jesus Christ's name. 
Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Are you one step closer in confidence? Let's stand and sing the song together. He's here. Elijah's God is with us today. He's here. Elijah's God is with us today. He's here to will and do whatever.